Fort Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. This is Sports Charlotte, the podcast about sports in Charlotte. My name is Herb White. I am editor-in-chief at the Charlotte Post. Lloyd Sam is an interesting fellow, to say the least. Uh, He's a retired soccer player who has played at all levels in England and in the United States. So he is an expert on both sides of the pond. And he's bringing that expertise to Charlotte as the color analyst for Charlotte FC matches on English language television uh, for the 2022 season. And I had a chance to uh, talk to him recently about a little bit of everything. And believe it or not, he is not necessarily new to Charlotte. He is, however, very new to what Charlotte is, as you'll find out very shortly. Uh, I think that uh, he's going to be a unique figure in Charlotte's soccer community. But, hey, don't let me bog you down with the details. Just listen. So I'm doing very, I'm doing very good. I'm very happy. Just touched down in Charlotte this morning. I bet you are. Is this your first time coming here? It's not my first time. I came. I was playing with Miami FC, so we played against Charlotte Independence uh, two years back. So, but I didn't really get to see the city. Just played the game and then was out. Okay, so you didn't get much of an impression of Charlotte. No, not yet, not yet, but I've been hearing great things. Well, you're going to be in for some stuff. Uh, if nothing else, driving around here, it will... What do you mean? When you say that, tell me what you mean. I'm going to be in for some stuff. <laughs> People keep saying that to me. I'm like, wait, what does that mean? Oh, no, I'm talking strictly about uh, geography, especially if you're driving here for the first time, trying to figure out what street turns into what street that's one of those things about Charlotte that's kind of maddening. You can be on one street name one minute, and the next thing you know, it turns into another street name. So, oh, really? yeah. Oh, it happens on the same street. <laughs> same street. So, okay. uh, like, <laughs> yeah, like West Trade Street turns into Beatty's Ford Road. And okay. there's no way you can tell until you actually... Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you're if you're like me, you depend on landmarks instead of street names because street names will drive you crazy. How long have you been in Charlotte? Well, I, for the longest term, I guess I came here in 1980. So I've been here for for a long time, and I still can't figure out streets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you get your landmarks down, you'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. But uh, congratulations on the new gig. Uh, I take it that it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good run for you. And can I kind of give me an idea about uh, was was this something where you were recruited to this job, or were you uh, just looking for a change of pace in terms of TV, or what? Uh, honestly, uh, I was just doing, so towards the end of, you know, this year, I was doing some World Cup qualifiers 
uh, I was doing a lot of the Canada games. And luckily, uh, they, they were going very well for me. I was getting a lot of press from these games. The Canada fans were giving me great feedback and people were hearing the games. And from what I found out, Eric heard one of the games, the play-by-play guy, Eric uh, Krakow. So when he heard one of those games, he kind of was really interested in my style and thought that it would go well with his. And me and Eric have, have met. You know, we met each other in 2015 a couple times uh, way back, but then we weren't really in touch, but we both lived in Miami. So after, you know, he heard that, he, he put my name forward to say, I, I have, uh, is there any chance we could talk to Lloyd Sam about it? And Darius Barnes is a guy that I know well. Uh, I know him from when he was in New York and from playing against him. So he's someone that's on my social media. So he's been seeing a lot of the feedback I've been retweeting and replying with, you know, these fans from maybe, you know, from the octagonal Panama, Jamaica, Canada, you know, all, all, all different countries. And so it wasn't like I was um, said to my agent, hey, hey, get me that job. I was just going about what I was doing. I should have had that on my radar. You know, I should have really had that on my radar. But I was just going about life, you know, uh, going about my commentary. And then it kind of came, my, my agent tweeted something. And then I think Darius and my agent started talking. And that's where it came. So I started with Eric, my agent. Everything just kind of happened at the same time. And there was a game around that time where, you know, I knew I had to excel. Uh, it was Canada versus Panama. And I think, you know, I really, I really done well on that game. That was a solo broadcast as well. So I think that really helped me. And then, you know, the interview came and then, you know, the rest is history. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah. Small world when you talk about how those links can, you know, just people that you just happen to know you're in the right circles and sometimes it comes in handy. I've been around. I've been around, though. (laughs) I find that, you know, I've been in football 19 years now. So from England to here. My network is, is is pretty broad at this point, and it's, I, I'm finding that I know people here, there, even doing the commentary this whole year. I've, I've expanded that network, so um, it's funny how you know, it, as you said, it all just comes together, and, and I think you know it, it can only help. You know, having that kind of network, and it's definitely helped in this situation. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the transition from athlete to broadcaster. And I know here and in other places, you know, former athletes go into television or they go into radio and they bring something from their actual expertise. They've been players or they've been coaches and they make that transition. Some do it better than others. What has your transition been? It's it's important that what you said at the end there, some do it better than others. Because just playing this game for 20 years is not enough to go and communicate, you know, what you're seeing and and do it in the the right way and do it with a punch as well. You know, I think you also have to be a communicator already. And, you know, just in life, when I was a player, I was the one said to have the hard conversations, especially as a senior player. I was the one. I was the one that once I got to DC United as a player, I would basically take take the team talks, and I wouldn't say that this was something I always wanted, 
I just saw that there was a void after I left New York Red Bulls where there was a lot of leaders in the changing room. I didn't have to say much. I got to DC United and I realised like this room needs some leadership. And I didn't think that I'm necessarily the ideal one. I'm looking around for someone else to lead and I'm like, there's no one else. So I had to step up at that point. And I think that's really helped me just talking in general and communicating ideas because it was, people would turn to me and certain times I would be like, I don't know what to say. You know what I'm saying? And then I have to come up with something. So I think these kind of things helped me. Jesse Marsh was the manager at Red Bulls. He went on to go to, to Leipzig in Germany. I think he recently left the team, but he helped me so much with leadership. At Red Bulls, I was there from like 27 to 31. Didn't really know too much about leadership at the time. I was kind of figuring who I was as a person. And, you know, I think that manager really helped me. When I got traded to DC United, that's when I became one of the leaders of the dressing room and talked, communicated my ideas. When I got to Miami FC after, same thing. I also went on a public speaking course in 2018 after DC United. I didn't know I was going to be doing commentary, but I did know that there's so much in my head about the game that I understood that I was like, I need to be able to feel comfortable communicating this to young people. That is what I thought I was going to do because I've got a coaching badge. I thought, you know, I need to, I wouldn't always like talking in public like many people don't like doing. I can't say I really love talking in public still, you know, if it's something I really have expertise about, it's easier. But I prefer to go unnoticed sometimes, you know, especially like talking and everyone's looking at me, unless it's a football setting. So it's like all these things. I didn't know why I took the public speaking course. Now I know why. It's at the time I was like, mm, this seems like something I should do. I don't know. I actually thought about it at the time. I was like, I don't know why, but I'm going to do it because I want to feel more comfortable communicating my ideas. I, I feel like I just know too much about the game. So, um, once it got to the end of my career and it was time to go into something, it was either coaching or commentary. And I did a bit of coaching one-on-one -on -one with some kids and I even had the opportunity to go to New York City FC and coach a little bit. But once I started the commentary, commentary is a lot more glamorous than coaching. <laughs> <laughs> like the coaching, I'm like, I'm out in the sun. I was living in Miami, out in the sun all day. And the mental level has to be so high when you're coaching. It's like, I have to show them how this needs to be done with consistency. And that takes a lot of mental strain. You know, the techniques I'm teaching them, I now have to use the techniques I'm teaching them and uh, as an example. And I would find I'd be so exhausted after. I would get my ideas across and I've helped some kids. And oh, I almost feel like, me not coaching, I feel like I could really help some kids as well. So I'm going to be going down to the academy here and doing a little bit and, and helping where I can. But the commentary is like, what? I get to dress up in a nice suit and talk about football <laughs> and have a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, and, like, it's not, and it's not as much of a grind. It's not as much of a grind. It's not a grind at all, really. <laughs> it's like, it's something you would probably do for free. But it's good you to know, get paid for it. it. Don't tell them that. 
I'm not take that bit out. It's something I would do for free. And it's like, so the transition came. I didn't know what I was going to do. And then I was like, let me see if I'm good at the commentary. Done a few games and I was getting some great feedback. And then the transition, it's been interesting. I was saying earlier that a lot of the things are transferable. So getting up for games is still the same. I drive in blazing my music, trying to get into a zone to get in and get up for games. I try and go through the same kind of uh, feelings as I'm coming, like I'm going into a game. And then when I'm broadcasting, I get into the passion of it. And then it just carries. And I haven't heard, I haven't done broadcasting with big crowds like we're meant to have, you know, Especially, obviously, this first game. I, I don't know if, if we're doing that game, but I can't wait to get out there and hear roar from the crowd because I started doing this during COVID. So I've only done it on monitors. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so the live audience, this is, you know, this is literally throwing you into the fire where you're going to have that immediate feedback, not only from a TV audience, but a live audience as well, folks who are in the in the crowd and all the other things that go into that. Uh, do you see yourself uh, as much of an educator as you are a commentator when when you're doing this? Uh, you know, is it part of your job to help folks to understand the game better, or is it, or do you approach it as the people who are watching are already knowledgeable and they don't need that kind of coaching? That's my job. My job is to let people know the things that they don't know. I already understand, you know, certain of the things. I was saying earlier to someone, Drew Brees, when he does commentary. He's, he's educating, and I love the feeling of like him clearing things up. Why that happened? Why the player might have done that instead of doing that? Or what's happening in the changing room? This is stuff that people don't know. Player perspective, what's going through our mind and why that's going through our mind? Why did he make that tackle? Because the ref hasn't given him the last three fouls. Now, he, you know what I'm saying? Some things are obvious, but some things people might not know. And I feel like that's really my job. The, not to say the obvious. You know, everyone knows if it's a great goal. I'm going to say it, but I don't think that's what sets me apart from the rest. Um, I think what sets me apart is, is my style, my personality. And I want to let people know, you know, this is what you might not know. Mm -hmm. And then whatever the situation is, uh, this is what's happening in the changing room. In one of my games recently, I was saying in the changing room what might happen. You know, you go into the changing room at halftime because it was a bad half for that team. I said, the guys are going to sit in the room. They're going to be saying to each other, what's going on? We can't get our space. We're not doing our normal stuff. This is literally what goes on in the changing room. We're going through it. And then the manager comes in, everybody's silent. You know, you wait for what the manager's going to say, the new game plan to maybe get you back on track. And then, I mean, you go back out and then you see if it works. You know, things that people don't really know is going on. I, I, I love to do that. And I think that that's what, you know, broadcasters, commentators should be doing. Yeah. Now, when you talk about your own experience as a player, you've played in the Premier League, you've played in MLS, you've done the international thing with, uh, with Ghana's national team. 
you've you've had all of these experiences. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your impressions of Major League Soccer now versus when you first got to the states. Uh, was that something like? Uh, were your initial impressions when you signed with New York, was it like, I'm going on vacation in the United States to play soccer? Or was it, uh, or, or was it an, uh, something where you saw it as an opportunity? And how has the league changed since then? It's been a long vacation. I'm not saying that that's what I came for. But just, you know, when you're living in places like New York, obviously I got to play. got to play in some good cities. New York, D.C., and then Miami. Miami. You say that with a smile. I mean, you know, Miami must be some sort of town. No, Miami is definitely, that was a vacation. <laughs> I mean, it's like, the beauty of Miami, though, is when you get, especially at where I was at that point, I'm so serious about my work. You know what I'm saying? I'm so serious about my livelihood, paying the bills, that it's like it's a vacation after we get our three points. You know, it can't be a vacation beforehand, but you're going to be out of, you know, you, you'll be soon back in England after vacation. So you have to protect the lifestyle as well. And that's very important. So when you go to New York and you're thinking, oh, this is cool, but... More than that, you want to preserve that. You want to keep that going. The only way you preserve that is with performances. And I was known at Red Bulls as someone that was very consistent with performances. I was also known as someone that liked to enjoy life. But I understood that I need to turn up every single game because I like to enjoy life as well. You know what I'm saying? You can't enjoy life without performing. Right. So... It's funny you say vacation because it is kind of like, you know, it's an interesting life and you get there and you're like, oh, this is nice. But get the pills paid first, then you go and enjoy it, right? So work hard, play hard. Have to, but not even work hard, play hard. I would say work hard first, play hard second. I think that's even better than work hard, play hard. Because sometimes you work hard, you don't get the results. You can't really play hard. The same way. Yeah. But the beauty of my line of work now as well, I'm retired. I can enjoy life and not feel the scrutiny of being out and about having drinks with fans. And like that's something we couldn't do before, where I feel like I really want to lean into that with the Charlotte fans and, and be in and amongst them and have fun, have a kill, have a drink. There might even be, you know, Champions League games and I might go to a bar and it's not even about Charlotte, but it's with the Charlotte fans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I want to embrace all that. Um, you did ask a question of how I see MLS has changed from when I was till now. I mean, now it's such a hard league to get into. When I came, I came before the big rush. I came at a great time, honestly. And think about, I wasn't, there wasn't a lot of English players maybe when I came. There was a few, but everybody's been hitting me up after I got to New York. Oh, get me down there, get me down there, get me down there. I got in at a perfect time. And that's probably one of the biggest things. It's hard to get into. There's a lot of players that want to play here and they can't get in. It's almost a very exclusive club a little bit at times. Yeah. I mean, and that's it's interesting that you would say that because I guess if you've been around for any amount of time, you know, there's this old trope or stereotype that, you know, MLS is a lesser than league, 
know, it's not in the same, it's not in the same, uh, not at the same level as the Premier League or Bundesliga or whatever yeah. in Europe. And so to hear you talk about it, you know, that league no longer exists. MLS is a legit soccer league. It's a legit league. And I mean, it's only, there's no way it can't be legit when you have, like, people like to live in the U.S. And I think that that's always going to make the league, you know, keep growing. And it could possibly be one of the best leagues one day, you know, because who's going to turn down living in Miami, New York, L.A.? We don't have places like this. You know, you have London. You don't have, like, something like Miami. Miami is like nothing I've ever seen. New York's like nothing I've ever seen. I've not lived in L.A., but I've been there. And it's like people want to live in places like that. So as long as the money's there, the way it's going, I mean, there's no stopping. Charlotte, I can't tell you about Charlotte yet because I haven't been able to experience. But I feel like if you ask me in three days' time, you know, once you get to know the place in three days, you'll have a good idea. I'll have a better, I'll have a better idea than right now. Right now, I'm not really, I've still not seen anything. I've just seen the stadium. I'm looking forward to getting. I'll, I'll be out and about today, possibly looking at some apartments and stuff. Yeah. Have you had a chance to really follow what's been going on with Charlotte FC since uh, MLS gave Charlotte? this franchise or has it been, well, you know, that's nice. And now all of a sudden you work here and now you really have to pay attention. I would say, you know, this process has been going on the last couple months. So as soon as I knew that there was, you know, the interview and interest, I probably watched all the YouTube videos that's out there and I've seen different things like with the fans, you know, the, the Mint City Collective and things like that. And, I've even watched like some of the smaller videos with like 24 views just because it just rolls on to the next one. I'm like, oh, okay, let's hear what he has to say about Charlotte. I was just trying to get as much knowledge as possible. So it's, it's been more the last couple months. I've just been looking around, but uh, I wouldn't say from last night. I'd definitely say the last couple months. And I would say my family's been involved in it as well. So I would send my mum some videos and be like, oh, look at this. This is the new manager. He seems interesting. I, I watched that interview. I was like, okay, he seems like an interesting character. Seems like a guy that commands a lot of respect, you know. He's going to get in there and you can just feel that he has his way of doing things, which is going to be interesting to see how that all pans out. Just met him. Seems like a good guy, you know. Um, just meeting everyone in the office, I, I think everyone's so excited about what's coming. Yeah. And I thought of myself as, oh, I'm, I'm a newcomer. Everyone's a newcomer. Yeah, because everybody can grow together now. Huh? Everybody can grow together now. Everybody can grow together. It's a nice feeling. It's a nice feeling to be in and amongst and, and share that excitement. And I think that's what makes this the most special thing of all, that it's the first year. And I get to set a standard in a way of of what the broadcast is going to be like with Eric. Yeah. Do you have uh, sort of like a checklist of things that you want to be able to accomplish in this job? Uh, You know, whatever it might be. You talk about setting a standard. And I would imagine, you know, players often grow up and evolve and they have a certain 
a player that they want to emulate or anything like that. Is there a broadcaster that you really uh, like their work and you say, well, you know what? I can take something from this person and that person and throw in my own personality and come up with a unique style. Or is it just, you know, I'm Lloyd Sam. I'm going to be me. There's an answer I want to give, but I don't want to sound a bit too arrogant with it. You know, because my dad was telling me something. He was saying uh, that. And I think he's right. He's saying I should uh, watch a lot of leagues and hear the commentary. And I said to him, I think they should watch me. (laughs) Because they're all doing the same thing. You know what I'm saying? They're all doing the same thing. What people like about me is it's refreshing. You know, it's going to be, I'm not going to say I get in there and I try to be whatever it is. I just try and be myself. And if the moment presents itself to have a little fun with it, you know, I'm going to do that. Because that's how I am in life. So this is why I'm saying that response. I even said it to my dad. I was like, I actually think they should watch me. And I'm like, do I really want to watch anyone else? They haven't seen what I've seen. I don't think a lot of people have seen what I've seen. And, like, people have played, but, you know, they haven't seen my scope. No one has seen the top and bottom in England and the top and bottom in the U.S. People have seen it. It's a select few. But, and and one of the the people is a friend of mine. His name is Justin Hoyt. He used to play for Arsenal. He's got a similar career to me where he's played, you know, Prem, Champ, League One, League Two, and then he's played MLS, he's played... USL. He's not played MPSL in Nisa. MPSL is a whole other animal. Yeah. It's a whole other animal. That that was like so much fun though. It was so much fun. It's funny when you're in the bottom level, you'll find that three points feels just like three points in the prem. It's you still have the same feeling, just the paycheck is different. <laughs> a I lot different. Pay, I know what paycheck I'd rather have. But yeah, so who am I trying to be? I'm not, I don't know who, else, who I'm trying to be. I don't think there's anyone out there that I'm like, I, I love Peter Drury. I love what he does. He's an English commentator. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. does a lot of the big games. He's great at what he does. But when it comes to like, you know, color commentary, soccer analyst, whatever you want to call it, I'm like, who is really like the top dog at that? But it's, it's good to be that. yourself. It's good to be yourself. I saw myself. The last place I was working at, uh, there was a lot of commentators, a lot of guys doing the same thing as me. And I, I would rather hear myself than, than the others. You know, the others aren't really telling me what it's like on the field. Have they been in the trenches? No, not for as long as I've been in the trenches. Have they really seen... that they? Not only have I seen football... I feel like I've seen a fair bit of a different sort of life as well. Like, my upbringing was very different. Growing up in England till age 10, my dad got a job in West Africa, moved out to West Africa at 10 till 13, learned a bit of French, went to an American school. It was very unusual. Came back to England, and we continued in an American school. Um, So I was playing for, like, local teams with guys from in and around my area, and my area was not, you know, an expensive area, but my school was expensive. So I was already being exposed to two different kinds of life, you know, where it's like, this is more simple. 
and my friends at football will be like, oh, you're going to the American school, making fun of me. And then the American school, like, I was kind of in between, but being able to mesh with both. So when I came to New York, in the end, my brother went to college in Cal State Fullerton in California. My dad lived in California. So we've been around. We've, we've been around. My brother works for UEFA now. So he's in and around the Champions League stuff. My dad's worked for a Qatar company uh, that, you know, they did an Aspire program with Ghana, football in Ghana. So I've been around football. I've been around people. I've been around different kinds of people at the same time. So my experience is not just football experience. It's been different anyway. It's been international. It's, it's a life experience. It's a life experience. And I'm not going to say I know everything because I know two years on from now, I'm going to look back and be like, wow, I know so much. So I just, I've got so much more to learn. But where I am now, I, I, I'm, I'm loving it. You're in a good spot. And I can't wait for you to start broadcasting so I can catch you on TV and yeah. maybe even at Bank of America Stadium. You know, best of yeah. success to you. I don't wish people luck because, you know, yeah. luck makes it sound like, oh, I just happen to fall into it. No, I yeah. wish you the best of success, brother. And, uh, you know, thanks for uh, taking the time to talk to me. And, uh, you know, you're going to love Charlotte. You know, it's not New York. It certainly isn't Miami. <laughs> it's not Los Angeles. But you, yeah. you will you will find it to be a very good city to live in. And the last thing I want to say, I want to give credit to the guys that chose me. You know, Darius, Nick Kelly, Eric Crack, everyone that, you know, listened to me and, and, and they saw the vision as well and chose me. I still feel like, you know, there's obviously other viable people that could do it. My style is definitely a bit different. But for them to go ahead and choose me, we got to credit those guys as well. Because, like, I feel like I'm the man for the job. But it's easy to, you know, look and say, oh, okay, is it a safe pick? You know, he's not, he's not been doing it too, too long. But on the flip side, I'm fresh off the field as well. So it's like, that gives me, you know, but I credit those guys. I was saying to my brother yesterday, like, those guys uh, have done so well, like, picking me, and I appreciate them. And I, I want to repay that faith they've shown. Uh, I think you'll do a fine job of repaying them. So thanks for everything. And I appreciate it. And uh, we will talk some other time, I'm sure. We'll talk again, man. That was a great talk. Thank you very much. Thank you. So there you have it. My conversation with Lloyd Sam, Charlotte FC color analyst, commentator, whatever you want to call him. Obviously, he has a really wide life experience and he does not hold back. I think this guy's going to be fun. And thank you for listening to Sports Charlotte. Check us out on our website, thecharlottepost.com. Go under sports and hit the QCFC tab. That's where all our soccer stuff is. Charlotte FC, the Independence. We even have some NWSL up in there with the Carolina Courage. The college kids, we're on top of all of it. Professional, amateur, you name it, we're there. And support our work. Get a subscription to the Charlotte Post, or even better, drop in a donation. Because our type of journalism, it's free to you to consume, but it's not free for us to make. So 
every donation we are so grateful for. We are so grateful for our readers. We're so grateful for our subscribers. And jump out there and support us and help us keep local soccer. Keep us keeping on. And for everybody back at the office, my name is Herb White. Thanks for listening. Sports Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved.